Are you carrying guilt over something that you did in your life where you acted impetuously or in the heat of the moment? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 54 of Tractate Kasubis, and we learn that God forgives those moments of indiscretion. Sometimes Satan just gets the better of us. The key is to build fences so that you don't make the same mistake twice. Welcome to the Transformative Daf, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I'd like to begin with the story. King David once asked God, Master of the universe, Hashem, make known to me my lifespan. God replied, It is decreed before me that I do not reveal the end of the life of flesh and blood. On what day of the week will I die? asked David. He said to him, You will die on Shabbat. What did David do? Every Shabbos he would sit and learn all day long to protect himself from the angel of death. On the day that the angel of death was supposed to put his soul to rest, the angel of death stood before him and was unable to overcome him because his mouth did not pause from study. The angel of death said, What shall I do to him? Now David had a garden behind his house. The angel of death came, climbed up and shook the trees. David went out to see what was going on. As he climbed the stair, the stair broke beneath him. He was startled and became silent, thereby interrupting his studies for just a moment. And he died. Since David died in the garden, his son Solomon sent the following question to the rabbis. Father died and is lying in the sun, and the dogs of father's house are hungry. There is room for concern lest the dogs come and harm his body. What shall I do? They responded, Cut up an animal carcass and place it before the dogs. Since the dogs are hungry, handling the animal carcass to feed them is permitted. And with regard to your father, it is prohibited to move his body directly on Shabbat. Place a loaf of bread or an infant on top of him and you can move him into the shade along with the bread or the infant. Let's look at today's Gemara. Rav Nachman quoted Shmuel, If a man proposed to a widow and she accepted, she forfeits her right to sustenance from the children of a previous husband. This implies that if she had not accepted the proposal, she still has the right to sustenance. Rav Anand said, It was explained to me personally by Marshmore that it depends. If she said, I will not marry you due to so-and-so my husband, she still has the right to sustenance for, him, for she has demonstrated that she is not willing to court anyone else. However, if she refused the offer because the men who approached her were unsuitable, she does not have the right to sustenance. For in principle, she is willing to remarry. Rav Chista said, If she engaged in licentious behavior, she forfeits her right to sustenance. Rav Yosef said, If she painted her eyes and dyed her hair, she loses her right to sustenance. According to the one who says that a widow who engaged in licentious behavior loses her sustenance, all the more so if she painted and dyed her hair. However, according to the one who says that if she painted and dyed her hair, she forfeits her right, they would say that licentious behavior does not preclude her from sustenance. What is the reason? Her Yetzahara, her evil inclination, forced her. Let's analyze the Gemara. One of the court-imposed stipulations of the Ketubah is that when the husband dies, his widow has the right to dwell in the family home and be sustained from his estate all the days of the duration of her widowhood. This enactment is especially important in the situation of second marriage. The deceased man's children from a previous marriage, they might have no intention of supporting their stepmother were it not for the rabbinic ordinance. Nevertheless, the enactment is not necessarily a lifetime guarantee. Once the widow begins to take steps to remarry, she removes herself from her deceased husband's household. Her actions demonstrate that she's no longer in the category of the duration of widowhood. But what specific conduct is deemed to separate her from her husband's household? Certainly, when she accepts a proposal for marriage, the matter is clear. 
But even if she begins to entertain shidduch proposals, that also shows her willingness to remarry. The Gemara then offers two further scenarios. How about if it came to light that she had engaged in licentious behavior? Would that disqualify her from receiving sustenance from her late husband's estate? Or how about if she noticeably resumed her daily makeup routine, beautifying herself in such a manner that suggested that she was looking to court? Would that disqualify her? In the latter case, presumably it would. But, says the Gemara, the first scenario where she has behaved inappropriately would not necessarily remove her from her late husband's household. Perhaps she's still committed to him, but she acted improperly simply because her Yetzahara, her inner seducer, got the better of her. She didn't intend to separate herself. She simply acted impulsively. Listen to the Gemara's distinction between these two possibilities. On the one hand, we would imagine that licentiousness is far worse than merely applying makeup. But on the other hand, applying makeup signifies a conscious decision to find another husband. Licentiousness requires no prior thought or preparation. As terrible as it is, sometimes it just happens in the heat of the moment. Our sages are offering a bold message of hope here. You might have done things in your life that you regret. Big things. Bad decisions. You wonder how you'll ever put them behind you. But here's what you need to know. If it happened in the heat of the moment, it's forgivable. You didn't plan for it. It wasn't a premeditated act that you had time to think about rationally. It just happened. That doesn't make it right. But don't let it weigh you down for the rest of your life. We all make mistakes, and God forgives. He knows that he gave us a Yetzirah, that inner seducer. He hopes we'll overcome that temptation. But if you've had an experience where you were caught in the moment, God understands. And with sincere teshuva, he forgives you completely. But what this Gemara also teaches is that unless we place safeguards in our lives, sin is inevitable. We can't just trust ourselves to do the right thing when temptation strikes. We have Yetzahara, and in the heat of the moment, who knows how we will respond to his wiles. That's why our sages instituted various fences around the law, designed to protect us from coming anywhere near sin. Probably the most famous fence is the law of Muktzah on Shabbos. Already from the time of King David, we had restrictions in place regarding what items one may move on Shabbos. Hence, Solomon's concern regarding the proper protection of his deceased father's body. Nowadays, every Jewish child knows that you don't pick up a pencil on Shabbos because you might come to write with it. If you never move it, it's guaranteed you will never write with it. Now, to some, the idea that picking up a pencil might lead to writing sounds a little fanciful. And yet, no matter how we might feel about the logic of it, we all abide by it. We would no sooner pick up a pencil than we would switch on a light. Mind you, there are instances when picking up the pencil is permitted. Because Shabbos is Shabbos, and we wouldn't dare transgress or even come close to transgressing. But of course, our sages institute offenses for various laws, including licentiousness. The equivalent of the Muktzah laws are the Yichud laws, which detail when and with whom we are permitted to be alone. While it's true that this individual may be forgiven for acting in the heat of the moment, had the two of them been mindful of the Yichud restrictions, the sin should never have happened. So yes, if you've sinned in the heat of the moment, God will forgive you. But you need to do your part to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Depending on the exact nature of the temptation, some areas are covered by the fences of our sages, and others require one's own personal plan. Each individual knows his own weaknesses. 
The best way to avoid succumbing to temptation is to avoid placing yourself in any situation where temptation may strike. If you know that Lush and Hara is inevitable at the Kiddush Club, then avoid the Kiddush Club. If you know that checking your email and Facebook first thing in the morning might make you late for shul, then check them afterwards. If you know that certain internet news sites contain inappropriate clickbait, then find other websites to get you news. Why open the door to the Eight Sahara? It's hard enough as it is to control his urgings. We don't need to roll out the red carpet for him. A generation ago, if a person wanted to sin, it took a lot more thought and preparation. The days of premeditated sin are long gone. Nowadays, sin is crouching at the door. The only way to ensure we don't fall prey is to make fences. One helpful method is offered by Rabbi Moshe Kodavero, the Ramak, who teaches that whenever one experiences the urge to sin, recite the verse, Eish tamid tukad The eternal fire shall burn upon the altar, it shall not be extinguished. This verse reminds us that our bodies and souls are altars to serve the Almighty. When we sin, we extinguish the eternal flame inside of us. We're getting closer and closer to the messianic era when the world will be filled with pure goodness. That's why Satan is pulling out all the stops. But with a little thought and planning, you'll be well protected against all his tricks. May you master the sport of fencing, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf. Sapu
Kaidon.